Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Guys, before we start today's episode, please do us a favor. If you like the podcast, if you want to support Bilal Powell and me, the best way to do that is to subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, like the podcast, rate and review the podcast. Leave us a nice review. Tell us what you think. doesn't have to be a nice review. Tell us what you think, but give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It would really help us out, help the podcast grow, help the community grow. So if you guys do that, we'd greatly appreciate it and we can help make this podcast incredible together. Thank you. Coming up on in-flight snack... The Jets lose to the Cowboys. They get blown out 30 to 10. And now this team's got issues. This team's got question marks. It took one week for all the good positive energy from Aaron Rodgers, Tim getting hurt to the touchdown on the punt return. All that is out the window. Now we're talking about a 30 to 10 loss to the Cowboys. Where can the Jets go from here? What went wrong in this game? Bilal, take us through it. You're going to have to break it down, huh? The first thing that I noticed in that game was the fact that the Dallas Cowboys controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And we need a quarterback. And I was trying to give Zach the benefit of the doubt. I was, but we need a quarterback and we need to get very, very, very creative on offense. It's, it's just is what it is. There's no hiding it at the end of the day. Let's not, let's not ruin this over one guy. All right, let's do what we need to do. It's a business. It's a cutthroat business. Let's make the right decision and let's go on and win the next game. All right, that's that's what's coming up next. All that and a whole lot more coming up on In-Flight Snacks. Stay tuned. Give me the doubt. Give me the uh, timetable. Give me all the things that you think can, should, or will happen. Because all I need is that one little extra percent of inspiration. That's all I need. It's a toss with Powell. He's got the angle. He's got blockers. Powell working the sidelines. Powell goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Zach Wilson fires one over the middle, and it's caught. Breaking free, Garrett Wilson. Left sideline to the 40. Right down the middle of the field, down to the 30. 20, 10, 5. That's a Jet touchdown. Garrett Wilson strikes. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Alongside Bilal Powell, I'm Rami Lavi. Today is Monday, September 18th, and I cannot do it anymore, Bilal. Enough is enough. Like, this has to stop. It's the same as last year. I'm seeing this on Twitter. I'm seeing Jet fans saying, well, Zach didn't play that bad. The offensive line let them down. The defensive line didn't get any pressure up front. I don't want to hear any of that. This is exactly what happens when you go out and you build a team around a superstar quarterback and you're a cursed franchise because even that guy, everything was going perfectly. And no matter what happened, it was going to end poorly. So the first play of the game, the first drive of the game, Aaron Rodgers goes out and now we're stuck with the same thing as last year. 
Sure, Zach Wilson wasn't awful, but everyone around him has to be perfect. They don't trust him to throw the ball, so they're running the ball more. He threw the ball 10 times in the first half. Was he terrible? No, but they weren't giving him a chance to make mistakes. And those one to two, three plays that are there for you every game, it's the NFL. There's That's the difference. There's three to four plays a game that are going to be there for you when Garrett Wilson is running wide open down the sideline and this kid can't do it. How much do we have to see of this kid? Why do people feel the need to keep defending this kid? It's the same as last year all over again. The defense is there. You have the running game. You have the offensive weapons with the with the wide receivers. You have everything, and you have a kid who cannot play quarterback. I've seen enough. I don't care what they have to do. If it's playing Tim Boyle, if it's going out and getting Jameis Winston or Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins, I don't care. They have to make a change because this team is too good to be wasting games on this. And It's one week. I get it. All the different things that you could say but you're starting to see it fall apart in the locker room. The guys are getting upset, right? You see Brees Hall going to Twitter and tweeting out four carries. He was upset. He got four carries. Well, you're behind from the get go. So that's why you only had four carries. You see the same thing with sauce Gardner going at people on social media. Like, I don't know. I was pretty good against CD lamb. It's just that he was went off against everyone else. Immediately. Everything you built up, all the positive energy, everything, that you built up with Rodgers was fractured in one game with this kid. One game. It's not all his fault, but he's the biggest issue because he's the quarterback. He's the leader. I can't do it anymore. It has to end with Zach Wilson. Good morning, Bilal. How you doing? Uh, I'm not doing so good. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine. After watching that one. Uh, <laughs> I was excited to watch that game, man. I, I, I totally went in thinking that we had a chance to win that game. But honestly, I think Dallas Cowboys just looked like the better team. I think their defense looked a lot better than our defense. Uh, I think they controlled the game from the start. They controlled that game from start to finish. And I know, I think everyone knows, this game is one up front on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. We talk about how good our defense is. They didn't show up last night. They did not show up uh, yesterday. And offense obviously did not show up. It was just all around brutal uh, for the New York Jets. And you could say, hey, Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson that. Well, Zach Wilson or anyone, I don't care who you put back there, cannot do anything for this team. You have uh, two great running backs in that backfield. Can't do anything. Why? Because that offensive line is just not holding up. The offensive line is just not holding up. And I tried to give those boys the benefit of the doubt. But looking at that game, going up against a, a very good defensive line, good defense in the Dallas Cowboys, I'm starting to think that they need help. They need a lot of help up front. And I think what Nathaniel Hackett can do a better job at is let's get creative on offense. Let's like line up and look at our offense, and you could almost dictate and predict what is about to happen with the ball. I would like to see more guys get involved with the game. And right now, I think the New York Jets, who is their guy? You talk about Brees Hall going on Twitter saying he only had four carries. He's your guy right now. Why is he only getting four carries? Let's get him involved. But I understand you did bring Dalvin Cook in. You did pay him good money for a running back, seven to $8 million a year. But Brees Hall is your guy. Let's find a way to get this guy the ball. Garrett Wilson is your guy. Let's find a way to get him the ball. Let's change the personnel grouping. Let's change the formations. Let's get some motions. Let's get some special gadget plays. And and for the for the death of me, where is McCall Hardman? Oh my God! You saw what for he real? did for Kansas City. You you saw how Andy Reid used him. We know he's not a, a straight lineup and and be a number one receiver. But you can get this guy involved with the game. 
He's special. You can do a lot of things on the perimeter with this guy. This guy's one, if he makes one guy miss, he can go the distance. Why is this guy not being involved heavily in a package? Let's get this guy a package. We brought him over here for a reason. You would think as an organization, when they bring over a guy, they're looking at film and seeing how another team used him. Why not be a copycat team and say, hey, this is how we need to get him the ball. This is how we need to get Garrett Wilson the ball. You saw how Dallas Cowboys did us last night. You didn't know what was coming. Mm-hmm. Different formations. You saw you saw CeeDee Lamb lining up outside, inside, motioning. They got him the ball. Dallas yep. Cowboys let us know who their guys were last night. They let us know in that game. They said... You have to stop our run. Our running back is going to touch the ball. They started off running the ball down our throat. That was a statement. That was saying, hey, we're running the ball. You know we're running the ball, but you still have to stop us. That's the bully mentality that the Dallas Cowboys have. CeeDee Lamb moving inside and outside. I would love to see Sauls Gardner guarding the number one receiver. Yep. I played with Darrell Reeves. Yeah, I saw Darrell Reeves. I, I saw Darrell Revis week in and week out follow the best receiver everywhere. If he went to the left side, Darrell went to the left side. If he went to the restroom, Darrell was standing outside the door. <laughs> he was there, man. So I would like to just see the Jets get creative on offense. Put your best players on their best players. Let's see Sauce Gardner, right? This guy who was rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, be on the number one receiver. That's what we pay our money to see. Let's do that. And I think then you can get creative on defense. If you say, let's put him on our the number one receiver. Now we don't even have to worry about that side of the field. And now we can do what we want to do with the, the, the other side of the field. You know, and, you know, honestly, um, I think last week's game kind of gave some fans false hope, myself included. You know, but I'm starting to think, oh, I don't think we're there yet. We're not going to be there yet. All right. This yep. is a new offense. We have a new group of guys. And we're still putting this thing together. I know we had a we had an offseason, we had a training camp, but it's early on. I get it. Something has to happen moving forward after watching that game. After watching that game. And so much of it is like all this was built. You talked about the offseason and the training camp. Everything was built for Rogers. And to a point, it feels like they thought he was going to fix all the deficiencies. We we can't figure out some of the stuff on the offensive line. Well, we have Aaron Rodgers to get rid of the ball quickly. We, we don't know how to use McCall Hardman. Aaron Rodgers will figure it out. They relied on one guy and the one guy goes out and now they're screwed. And it's like they never prepared for life beyond this guy. And so you could talk all you want about every different thing, but now you're scrambling. Now you don't. You have Zach Wilson who never worked with the A-team. And by the way, the defense put us in a better position. You start the game down 7 nothing. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't try anything creative on offense because immediately you're playing from behind. What did we talk about on, on Thursday's episode? We talked about staying ahead, playing from in front, controlling the field position. All those things we talked about went right out the window when you let them literally, like you said, run the ball right down their throat in the first possession of the game. I mean, th- there were there were a lot of things you could pinpoint for that game. Uh, obviously there, there were a couple of plays. I wish the new, you know, I think the New York jets would have won it back. One being the fact that you saw an offensive lineman from the Dallas Cowboys hustling to the ball and then sauce Gardner ripping the ball out of CD lamb's hands. And this guy recovering the ball that could have been a turning point for the game. But because one player from the Dallas Cowboys, 
out hustled five Jets who were standing around the ball, that that changed the the, the whole direction of the game. That could have been a momentum that would have helped us. You know, like we talked about, the thing with Zach Wilson is we have to take advantage of the short fields. That would have been a perfect opportunity uh, for Zach to have a short field. One, we know if we don't get an end zone, we get points. So yep. we have to think about field position when we have a quarterback like Zach Wilson. We're not looking to go 75, 80 yards every possession uh, with Zach Wilson. It's, it's just, it, I just don't think it sits well with this type of team. And then, like I said, in, in formations, Nathaniel has to, sp- let's spread out the defense. Let's stop inviting everyone to the party, mm. right? Yeah. We're not built to, to, to just be a bully team. You know, I, I, let's spread, we have a receiving uh, uh, running back group, guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Let's try to find ways to get these guys uh, matched up with a linebacker. Let's spread it out. Let's go. Let's go four receivers. Let's go three receivers. Spread out. That way, they have to defend and and, and be honest and balanced in defending the run in the pass. You know what I mean? Now you can create screen games. You can get. But yeah. when you have two tight ends in the game, and you're inviting everybody in the box, and it's just this cluster. What do you expect when you're trying to get something going? When you're playing from behind, what 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 do you expect? There's no creativity when you have two tight ends on the field. Let's let's find a way to spread out the defense. All right, give Zach a clear view of how the defense is setting up when you spread them out, and 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 let's just try to see what we can do then. Let's get our playmakers the ball in space on the outside. You know what? But you keep mentioning the same thing. You keep coming back to the same thing. Let's make it easier for Zach. Make it easier for Zach. Make it easier for Zach. At some point, and I want to ask you about this because at some point, the player's just not good enough. You played with Geno Smith and you played with a lot of bad quarterbacks. Geno Smith, something clicks for him last year. And I'm not saying Geno Smith's bad, but when he was with the Jets, he was not effective as a quarterback. And then something clicked last year. Do you see that when you watch Zach Wilson? Do you even see that there's a possibility that something can click for him? Because when I watch him, I've seen him every game for the last two and a half years or two years and two games now. It's just, I just don't see it with this kid. And at some point, trying to make everything perfect around him just won't be good enough. Do you see that turning around for him? Uh, I think he has an opportunity. He needs help up front, man. He, Like I said, I don't think it, you could go get Tom Brady right now. I would. He, it, <laughs> I, I would. I would too. But I don't think Tom would want to come. Uh, you look at. The, I mean, the, the, they killed us up front on on both sides of the ball. We didn't have time to go through our reads. And, and by this time, uh, what people have to understand is a quarterback standing in the pocket that don't trust his offensive line. His eyes are not downfield. His eyes are on the rush. And when you get your eyes on the rush, that's what you want from a defensive standpoint. You want quarterbacks to worry about the rush. And right now, I can tell you this right now. Aaron Rodgers was thinking about the rush, and now Zach Wilson is thinking about the, the pass rush. And his eyes are not downfield. His eyes are not yeah. downfield. That's why now you have to just, let's get the ball out quick. Let's try to get uh, McCall Hartman on some on some gadget plays, some sweeps, some Something to get the, the defense to not just line up and say, hey, this is where they're coming. We're, we're pinning our ears back and we're coming. Let's let's get some creativity going for Zach Wilson. Like Geno Smith, like I played with Geno. You're absolutely right. But I didn't think the right pieces were around Geno. And now that he has the right pieces, he has the right coach, you're starting to see what the what he actually had buried in 
uh, all along. And maybe it took for him to go be a backup to learn from a Russell Wilson to, to maybe open up that opportunity to say, hey, I'm a good quarterback. I'm a franchise quarterback. Uh, I think Zach Wilson has everything you want in the quarterback. I think he can make every throw is if he has the time. You saw the Garrett Wilson. He yep. tried to hit him in the corner. He, Garrett Wilson killed Diggs. But the pass rush, the yep. ball was deflected at the in the backfield. That, that would have been touchdown. Those are the things that people don't see. They... It's like, hey, that was an opportunity to score. Zach Richard made the right read, and I'm sure he would have made that throw. But the fact that the pass rush got to him, now what is he thinking? Now what is he thinking? He Now he doesn't have his eyes downfield. He's worried about the pass rush, man. Yeah, but at the same time, there was also, you mentioned that throw, but there's a throw later in the game where you talked about taking advantage of the one-on-ones. You talked about this on Thursday. When they're there, take a shot downfield. He has a one-on-one on the outside with, with Garrett Wilson. And he's just staring him down. And the safety who was all the way on the other side of the field comes over and intercepts it again. At some point, that's basic quarterback play. Look the safety away and throw it to the left side. I've never played quarterback in the NFL, but I know that. Right. So at some point it feels like so, so basic. And I I watch some of the same mistakes over and over again, where he ran the ball twice on the, in the two minute drill. It's looking so good. He's running down the field, but then he runs it a third time. So they have to burn their timeout. So now instead of having 35 seconds and a timeout to work with, you're spiking the ball. And all of a sudden it's 14 seconds. You have one shot at the end zone and kicking a field goal. Like there are some things that just feel like it's just not clicking with this kid. And I get it with the offensive line. And that's another question. You talk about the offensive line getting creative on, on, on offense. Why not get creative on the offensive line? Did we see Micah Parsons double teamed a single time? I don't think so. He he had a one-on-one no matter where he was. He was getting right by his guy, whoever was trying to stop him, and he was getting directly to the quarterback every single time. Where, where I, like how? Well, I, I like that idea. We when you know you're doing you're doing your uh scouting reports and we know who the pass rushes are going in and I'm sure some of those tackles can't sleep the night before knowing that they're going against a premier pass rusher the best thing to do is give chip help have somebody chipping them out of the backfield have a tight end chip and help chip and chip before they release like I said it's just they have to find a way to get creative they have to find a way to put this team in the best situation that's going to allow us to win because we have the ball players we, we we have the ball players. Let's 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 worry about our weaknesses right now. What is our weakness? Okay, it's definitely not running the ball in the eight man box. Maybe it's spreading us out running the ball. All right, maybe maybe we stop running the ball uh, out of two tight end personnel. Whatever. Maybe let's get some chip help. Right. Let's even if some some O linemen they they don't like chip help. They don't like it. Sometimes they don't like it. But from what I saw, <laughs> they need it. Yeah, they need it. But when teams start to see that the chip help, they start blitzing. Then they yeah, just bring, sure. you know, they now they bring it to one to occupy the running back out of the backfield. So now we're still getting that one on one from that pass rush. You know what I mean? Like that's how you attack it. So you know, what do we do? Do we give a do we give of another left tackle an opportunity to play? I mean, do we threaten jobs, starting positions? Like like what are we going to do? It's too early right now for us to go. It's, it's laid out good for us right now, right? Yep. The New England Patriots are not as good as they once were, right? We all know that. So we have yep. an opportunity to come back home 
win, be two and one, two and on a division. Like, let's not throw this thing away, right? Coaches get together, get in your coaches meeting, figure it out. You know, that's what you get paid to do. Let's figure this out. Let's let's figure out how we can put our team in the best position to win. And one of the things you talk about is chipping with the running back. I don't know. That might be the best use right now for Dalvin Cook because I cannot watch Dalvin Cook lose four yards on every run. And then the one time he picks up a couple yards, he fumbles. Like, what's going on with Dalvin Cook? You played running back in the NFL. Maybe you can speak to this. You talk about uh, Brees only getting four carries. Dalvin got more carries than Brees did. And Dalvin was awful. How do you explain that? He's not just not the same guy that he was most of his career in Minnesota. He's been terrible. Well, a couple of those runs were just flat out bust up front. And there's nothing you could do. Those are the runs that we look at running back and say, Hey, just manage the run, take care of the football, get us back to the line of scrimmage. Obviously he put the ball on the ground. I think that was an issue that he had last year of putting the ball on the ground. Yep. And my thing was in the running back room, you put the ball on the ground, you lose your opportunity. You lose your opportunity. You know, obviously they paid him uh, a good amount of money. They they brought him in to be the veteran. So he needs to be the veteran. You know, hold on to the football. And let's feed Brees. Brees is our guy. We all know. Everyone in the stadium knows Brees is our guy. So let's put the ball in his stomach. Let's, 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 let's get him out uh, on some screens. Let's get him the ball. Like, obviously, I would like to see Brees keep the emotions and the feelings inside, in-house. You know, that's yes. that's how I always did my thing. There were times I could have said something to the media that I kept in-house. Maybe you go have a conversation with a coach. Those are the type of things, you know, as a young player, you need to understand that, you know, it's bigger than Bruce Hall, all right? We know you're the guy. So you, everybody in the building knows you're the guy. What you have to do is control your emotions. You and I talked about it last week. They're going to have to block out everything else around them and keep everything in-house. And, and it starts with social media, right? It, it doesn't make it you know, right that, hey, I only got four carries. I'm going to go to social media. No, go to the head man. Go to, go to the office of coordinator. Go sit in his office and say, hey, man, let's, get, let's really get this right. Have a players meeting. Let's be honest. This is this is the time where we need to have a players only meeting right now because a lot of teams they like to wait too late and and, and hoorah when the seasons is slowly slipping away. Well, right now this needs to be taken care of right now. Players only meeting, whatever it may be, offensive line meeting extra, doing extra stuff on the football field at the practice technique stuff because from what I see, a lot of it is just fundamental stuff. Yeah, You know, we're in the right place. It's just fundamental stuff. I agree. And one of the things you've been in NFL locker rooms and I mentioned it earlier, I don't, I don't mean to harp on this, but you've been in NFL locker rooms with some not so great quarterbacks. I feel like the feeling in that room right now is everyone has to be perfect to make up for the lack of play at quarterback. Everything has to be in a perfect scenario. And that's such a difficult way to play. I imagine like you talk about them not getting the fumble. You look at sauce Gardner when he drops the interception because he's already trying to take it back to the house. It's got a way on your mind when you feel like I, I have to be perfect in this game. I have to be perfect because there's a deficiency at the most important position on the field. It is. It's, it's a lot of pressure. And I, I'm sure uh, everyone can feel it. Zach can feel it. Zach, Zach knows that everyone's feeling, oh, eight is out. Rogers is out. 
he's feeling the pressure. The coaches are feeling the pressure. The organization, the entire organization is feeling the pressure. The city's feeling the pressure. Like everyone is feeling the pressure that's involved with the New York Jets right now. But like I said, it's still early and it's a long season. And we can, I can honestly say, being a part of this uh, organization for nine years, real football, right, is won later in the year. Teams get into the playoffs later in the year. So if we can find a way to figure this thing out early, then we'll be okay. You know what I mean? Like, we'll be okay. Yep. Let's not let's not uh, start packing up and worrying about the offseason right now, right? Because th- I've heard those rumors and speculations when I was playing, oh, they're, they're, they're already playing for the, the number one pick. Like, let's go ahead and k- kill that and, and, and let's figure this thing out. You have a great coach. You have a good defense. You have a good spe- – you guys are okay. Just O-line. This is what you need to do. O-line, me extra. O-line, me extra. Defense, the last thing you want is guys pointing fingers in the locker room and, and dividing yep. the team right now. You know what I mean? I don't think – I think coach, coach, uh, coach needs to emphasize to them right now, we're set up pretty good right now where we're going in to be – we're playing for 2-0 right now in the division. So yep. let's get all this other stuff out of the way, okay? Take it week by week, honestly. That's the only thing you can do, man. Yeah, so again, you're kind of shifting it, gearing it a little bit towards a positive. Where can we go from here? So we'll talk about that. We'll also give you, we promised you our players of the game. We didn't put out a poll because there was not much on the Jet side. So coming up, we'll take a quick break, but coming up, we'll give you our players of the game. We'll talk about, also, we'll talk about where they can go from here, how this team can improve, how this locker room can improve. And also, we already have Aaron Rodgers. He was on with Pat McAfee on Friday. He's talking about coming back potentially in January. You got to get to January 1st. If you can get to January, that means you're in the playoffs. If he's coming back, you got to get there. So how can they get there? Where can they go to from here? We'll talk about what Rodgers talked about, all that and a whole lot more coming up in a second. All right, coming back again, we talked about all these things with the Jets. There's one more thing I want to ask you because... It feels like in that room, everyone feels the pressure of having to be perfect. And now things are starting to feel frayed in the rooms. Feels that things are starting to feel like they're pulled apart. You've been in NFL locker rooms when things go poorly. You've also been there for infighting between two teammates. Ultimately, it led to the best season of your career success-wise, right? Uh, but we won't talk about that for now. We've talked enough about Gino on this episode, I think. But the point is... In that room, what's going on? Is Salah losing the room? Is something happening? Because it felt like there was so much good energy and so much good juju, When he, whether it's Aaron Rodgers having his handshake with Sauce Gardner and you saw that relationship on Hard Knocks, whether it was him bringing along Mekhi Becton, and maybe it was them just filtering all the positive to us on, on Hard Knocks and they were not letting us see any of the negative and all this stuff was there already. All this was brewing underneath and there was really all this terrible juju. But I don't think so. I think there was so much positive in this room. And it felt like last week they built on it last week. They drew from it. It was like, Hey, let's go win this for Aaron. And then he's gone for a week. He's gone for five days. And it felt like all of that is gone. You're having guys going out on social media and blaming coaches and blaming each other. And all of a sudden it feels like the entire room fell apart. How does that happen in the span of five days? Man, I, I would say this. I, I don't think that the hard knocks uh, put any, misperception out about this team. I had the opportunity to go to a training camp, man. And the energy was felt. I felt the energy. I I felt it. I saw the team chemistry. I saw how coaches were engaging with players, players engaging with coaches, offense and defense getting along. Like I played on teams where defenses and offenses were like 
segregated. Like we didn't like each other in training camp. Well, this team was a little different when I saw it. I didn't, I didn't realize how much these guys were actually like building a, a chemistry. Like Broadway shows and Carcucci boards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, All that stuff. Right. But (laughs) it it was set up for Rogers. I think this, this entire season was set up for Rogers, right? This was the savior. Okay. Get this guy in, bring in a couple other guys. And this was the, this was the team, right? This was the team on paper. This was the team. And then you, it's almost like you cut off the head. (laughs) Yeah. and, And now it's just like, okay, Everybody in the building, the energy has shifted from here we go again, here we go again. All right. And, you and now was, you go ahead. Do you think what it happened? was too reliant on Rodgers? Like he's the superstar quarterback. He was the missing piece. Of course, that's who you want to rely on. Like, do you think that was a mistake to do that? No, no, absolutely not. Like it was just a freak accident. Um, it, I think looking back on it, they probably would have went and got a put money on an old lineman. Get, Maybe get a pack of quarterback. Offensive. Oh yeah, or <laughs> you still have opportunity to go get a quarterback right now. Yeah, we'll Let's talk be about honest. that in exactly. a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just think it was it was put on Aaron. We all know the, the defense. We say, hey, well, the defense is good. The special teams are good. We just needed a quarterback. We won games last year with. I mean, it was like last year they were flipping a coin between Mike White and Zach Wilson. Saying, oh, you're the starting quarterback this week. Oh, no, you're the starting quarterback this week. And I think they said, hey, now that we have that foundation, we're good. Everybody poured their energy in it. That's what we put our hope on. And it's gone now. And I think it's back to that same old feeling. And I think you have to shake it. And it's a it's a horrible feeling. I've been there. I've done it. It's a horrible feeling in the building. You still have to come work. You still have to practice. Uh, one thing you do not want to do as a player is, is get in the media and, and start blaming coaches and then coaches start blaming players. And then you start to hear uh, the unknown sources in the locker oh, room. God. And you don't want that. You don't need that right now. It's too early for that. Right. And honestly, this you're looking at Brees his second year. Somebody, a veteran needs to go ahead and just tell him, Hey man, let's, let's not do that. Right. It don't need to be a media team. They say, Hey, you know, you might want to delete that. That needs to be a player. That needs to that there needs to be player accountability right now, because that's the only thing that's gonna help us win. These coaches are here to put us in the best position. At the end of the day, we have to make the plays. The plays were out there for us, yep. and we didn't make the ones that we needed to make. You know what yep. I mean? So at the end of the day, it's set up. They put up thirty points, and Dallas had five field goals. The defense, yeah. They did a good job in the red zone. Let's stop them before they get to the red zone. Let's keep them out of that money zone. I like the, a lot of teams like to say, let's keep the them out, keep them out of the Nathaniel territory. Of, yeah. is, let's, let's keep it out of the, the territory of points. Like they put up five field goals and they had 30 points and they, and they out, I mean, they had what they almost double the plays that we ran. Like if we could just figure out a couple pieces, I think that game is a totally different game. If we make the plays that we needed to make the third down, the rough and the pass on third and seven, yeah. like those little things that, you know what I mean? That, that makes the difference. But that goes back to last year. This is exactly what it felt like last year where they're right in all these games. They're right there, but they're not making those two plays. Sometimes when your offense is turning the turning around and handing the ball off three times and then running off the field and the punt unit is coming on, four possessions out of the game. That's the whole game. That's it. Like you don't trust the kid. Now you're forced to throw it a thousand times. Like again, 
There, there were plays to be made. The Jets weren't making them. And in my opinion, it starts and ends with the quarterback. And so it puts Salah again in a bad position where now he's going to have, it's going to start. He's going to start answering questions. Who's your starting quarterback? Do you trust Zach? Do you want to go to Tim Boyle? All those questions he had to answer last year where he was back and forth. No, it's Mike White. No, it's Joe Flacco. No, it's Chris Traveler. No, it's Zach Wilson. Back and forth and back and all around. We were supposed to have none of that this year. And now you have all of it. And it's the same as last year. And this roster is too good to waste another season on that. I just quickly, before we talk about where the Jets can move from here, the Jets didn't make plays, but we promised you we will talk about players of the game. There were two guys on the other side who made plays. Blah, who was your player of the game from the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, I had to go with Dak Prescott. He did he did a good job with the football. He actually took what the defense gave him. And listen, that that was probably a, a game for me where I was like, okay, he's actually a good quarterback. Because he went against a good defense. Like this is not no. I know we're talking about the Jets' entire season being based on the quarterback, but they still have a good defense, and they did a good job offensively from an offensive scheme. They did a good job. He took what they gave him. He didn't force anything, and I have to go with him. You're talking about 31 for 30, 30 out of 38, 255 yards, two touchdowns. That's a good day. You know, those two touchdowns make or break the difference. Like I said, they had five field goals in that game. So those two field, those two uh, touchdowns made the difference in that game. And I had to go with Dak Prescott, a player of the game. And and he also didn't make the mistakes where he was willing to take the points. Don't take a sack. Don't throw interception. Mm-hmm. Take the three points. It's okay. Live for the next drive. And he did that five times. Then they ultimately got five field goals out of that, like you said. So that's something that he didn't, something that Dak struggled with. And they talked about this on Sunday night. Chris uh, Collinsworth talked about it last week against the Giants that he's not forcing anything. He's not trying to do too much. He gets when he gets out of his game. That's when he starts to throw interceptions. When he's playing well, it's when he's able to just slow it down, take what the defense gives him, and that's what he's been able to do so far through two weeks of the season. It's really easy to do it when the guy on the other side is wrecking the other team's game plan, and that's my player of the game. Micah Parsons has two sacks in the game, forces a fumble, has four more tackles, and like we talked about, felt like he was in the Jets' backfield all day long. They line him up over the center. They line him up on the right side and on the left side. They move him all over the place. They drop him back in coverage a couple of times. It's unbelievable. He's as good a defensive player, just as versatile and good a defensive player as I can remember seeing in my lifetime he's he's that special and so he's the player of the game and it feels like he's probably going to be the player of the game a lot of weeks for the Dallas Cowboys yeah uh, I mean I like that oh my goodness I I can't believe we had to pick two Dallas players as our player of the game you know it's so funny we talked about last week we're like we're only picking Jets players we're only picking Jets players of course we're so positive and then the first week we're picking Dallas players we didn't even put out a poll moving forward we're gonna have a fan poll and we're gonna pick Jets players I thought Quinn Williams actually was pretty good in this game like Garrett Wilson was open all day long he could have been a player of the game but all you needed was a guy to get him the ball so if you can't get him the ball so speaking of getting Garrett Wilson the ball how we talked about this earlier with with Geno Smith. How can Zach Wilson improve within this year? Does he get to the point? I talked about this on my podcast last year, where the Jets just have to throw them in the fire and just say, "Hey, kid, go out there and play," because we can't play safe anymore because we're losing possessions by turning it around and handing it off three times. We're losing possessions that way. At some point, throw him in the fire. If he's not good enough, move on. Figure it out, Tim Boyle. Figure out a trade out there. I don't know, but. 
at what point does the coaching staff just say, all right, dude, you got to go out there and make plays. And do you think that if they do that, Zach can actually make the plays and be capable of leading this team? I think it's going to take a lot of film study, a lot of film study from Zach. He has to know his opponent going in. He has to know exactly what they're going to do on certain situations. That's going to allow him to go out and play fast. That's going to come with film study. That's going to come with uh, trying to just be a student of the game, continuing to be a student of the game. Uh, And and this is the time where you wish Aaron was in the building uh, given the point, the pointers and the tips and, you know, saying, Hey, this is where you should be. Or maybe he's sitting upstairs and he's always in his ear, but Zach Wilson has to, he has to mature. He has to, he has to buckle down and understand that this is, this is your job, man. This is, this is an opportunity for you to, uh, become a franchise quarterback. You know, it, it, let's do it. Let, you know, it, it, you can't run from the opportunity. Now it's all about preparation. You know, and I always tell my, my, my kids, I coach a fifth and sixth grade football. Do not let preparation ruin your opportunity. You know what I mean? I understand it was a short week, right? You move on to the next, next week, but you have to prepare like a professional. You have to over-prepare, right? You have to know exactly what they're doing. You have to, you have to know these things. And that's what's going to allow you to play uh, with instinct after that. Uh, you know, obviously I think he needs to start to understand situational football. Like there could have been times, especially in the two minute when he had a chance to throw the ball at the back of the end zone, save us about 10, 10 seconds. You know, he has to just understand that part of the game and, and just continue to want to learn and, and, and tell his, look in the mirror, Zach Wilson, and tell yourself, you're the man, you're the quarterback and let's move on, get some confidence, gain some confidence and let's go play football, man. At the end of the day, what's to lose right now, right? Everybody's already talking about a horrible season, losing Aaron Rodgers. You have no pressure on your back. Now we just go play football, man. I know I played in New York, so I get it. New York is a hard network. It's a hard, hard area to play sports. The fans love sports, but you signed up for it. So let's go, man. They say the media is really mean to you. So now you came to the other side. So you could be mean to say what you need to say, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It. I'll say that. Hopefully I'm still hoping for the best right now. I'll say that for later, man. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't think <laughs> we'd be later. having this. Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't think we'd be having this conversation in week three, like leading into week three, but this is the, the conversation. we. Yeah. This is a team that destroyed Zach Wilson twice last year. This was the reason he got benched last year was because of the games he played against the Patriots. Man, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough, it's tough, man. You know, and maybe he's not the guy, honestly. And and you have to swallow that pill and move on, you know, do it before, you know, it's too far out of reach. You know, if you're going to make a move, make a move so that we can, you know, still being contending for trying to get into the playoffs, you know? So that's something that the head man has to think about. And everybody upstairs, you have to think about that decision. Like let's, you know, I believe Joe Douglas is when it comes to picking guys, but what about the the decisions like this? Is, is yep. Joe good at the decisions of this, this circumstance, this is this situation. Let's see what they do, man. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what they do. If, if Zach doesn't perform the way they want him to perform. Yeah, and what's so interesting about this schedule, because it gets late early, true, 
but everyone talks about what a tough schedule it is to start. You still have the, the Chiefs coming up. You have the Patriots coming up. You also have the Eagles coming up. So the, the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, you have a really tough schedule leading into the bye. It almost feels like even if Aaron Rodgers was there, the best case scenario was they'd be four and two going into the bye. But three and three was on the table, even with Rodgers. So maybe the idea right now is, okay, let's see how we can get to the bye with everything we have in-house. Then once we get to the bye week, then we can make a move. The trade deadline is a week after the bye week. I think their bye week is the second to last week or middle of October. And then it's week seven. And then week eight or October 31st is the trade deadline. So maybe they're waiting for some things to develop because I thought about it this way. If you're trading for a backup for a veteran who's just going to come in here and back up Zach Wilson, like I don't know how much that changes everything. But the one guy who I have my eyes on and the media is starting to pick up, and we talked about this already as early as Tuesday last week, is Kirk Cousins. He's playing well, but his team is 0-2 already. If they continue to struggle, he's on the last year of his deal. Maybe Minnesota's like, hey, I want Drake May. I want Caleb Williams, one of those kids from college. We'll put them with Justin Jefferson and with Jordan Addison and we'll build for next year. We need to build. We need equity. Take that first round pick that you're getting back because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. That pick you got to hold on to send it to Minnesota and make a trade. Let's say just get to the, just get to the trade deadline at two and four, just get to the bye week at two and four. The schedule gets easier after the bye. If you're two and four and you bring in a guy like Kirk cousins, maybe it'll energize the room. And you can go from there. I didn't want to have this conversation right now, but what do you think of a move like that? Uh, I, I like that move. I like Kirk Cousins coming over. He is, in, uh, you know, on the back end of his contract last year, the zero and two. But I don't like the two and four. I, I, I like the three and three. <laughs> I like to say that we'll beat the New England Patriots and the Denver Broncos. You know I hope know? so. The Broncos so. look terrible, and, three and, and three. so the Pats. Oh, there we go. You know what I mean? And. Uh, I, but I do think that we can get to three and three and that's okay. I think a majority of the league is going to be at, uh, you know, 500 by the halfway through the season. And that's putting you in the middle of the pack. And then, like I told you earlier, the real teams, the real playoff teams, they run off those late games later in the year. But if, okay. So your next two, two of your next three games, right. are against the Patriots and the Denver Broncos aren't very good teams. And then you have Kansas city stuck in the middle. If Zach Wilson plays well enough for them to win, but he's not very good against those teams, but they're winning those games. Do you see the jets still making a move for a quarterback? I don't think they'll make the move. It, and and that's what I'm afraid of. I, I That's why I say Joe Douglas does a good job of draft picks, but what about situations like this? Like even if we're winning and we're belly winning, do we go out and still get a quarterback? I, I would like to. You might as well go get a quarterback because at the end of the day, who is our backup, right? Tim Boyle. I I know him. I'm just saying like, you know, even if it gets to that point, like let's go get someone that can help us win. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I thought about Nick Foles. Yep. Let's, uh, let's be honest. He did help the Eagles win a Super Bowl. (laughs) For sure. So, you know, so I I like, I like the name Nick Foles. Um, But you know, that's going to be a, a tough decision that the, the you know, upstairs is going to have to make. The front, front office is going to have to make. Even if we go three and three, Zach's not playing well, what do we do, right? That bye week is going to give you plenty of time to think about it, though, to think about what you need to do before the deadline. Let's hope 
let's hope the best case scenario is that Zach makes it a tough decision for them. Because as of, as of right now, to me, it's an easy decision. You have to go get someone. It's not fair to the guys in the room. And another thing you could speak to is we're a really good team. We're a really good roster. And one person is holding us back at some point. That's why the whole roster will turn on him. All of a sudden, all the other guys stop playing hard because they feel like, Hey, we're this really good team. And this one guy's holding us back. Like, that's got to be demoralizing to everyone in that room now. It is. It is. And I'm telling you, uh, one thing that I can tell you is being a player that everyone is blaming, you can see the energy shift from players that they dread coming in the building. They dread being around guys. And you do not want that this early in the building. So I think the New York Jets organization, they have they have a big decision to make in bringing in another quarterback, a quarterback that can lead, a quarterback that has been winning uh, over the past few years. And, you know, a, a, let's say a, a real veteran quarterback. And I think Kirk Cousin does fit it. I think Nick Foles does fit that. One thing that the head coach does not want to do right now is lose his team because they're going to start looking at him like, coach, what's going on? Yeah, what are you we doing I mean? here? So yeah. you don't want to lose your team right now. I mean, the, the season is too far out, right? And, and we're still in a good situation and possibly going 2-0 in the division. So, What do you think the right move is? Kirk Cousins is more of, hey, he's going to come in and be a backup, and then if we need him, we can go to him. Whereas, or sorry, Nick Foles would be a backup, and he'd come in if you need him, you'd go to him. Whereas Kirk Cousins, if he's coming in, that's it. He's the starter right away. So what do you think the right move is? Do they go for a guy who's, hey, you're coming in here to be the starter, or should they go for a guy who back up Zach and you're just an insurance policy. If we need you, we can go to you. You need a guy that's going to help you win. You know, as at the end of the day, this is a, a winning business and we're not thinking about the future right now. Okay. We're, we're thinking about winning right now. And I think Nick Foles can come in, like give him a week or two. And I think he can help us win, man. I think he'll give us a different sport. Kirk Cousins to help us win, but you do want that quarterback that's going to come in and say, hey, Zach, your, your opportunity's up. This might be your last year. Let's be honest. If Zach doesn't pan out this year, I think they'll trade him off next year. Um, it, it's just tough, man. It's week three. We're already having a discussion. And uh, preseason, everybody was thinking about Super Bowl. So this is just a hard discussion and, and, and subject to touch on uh, as a guy who played in that organization for nine years and you as a Jet fan and the whole fan base. So... It's tough. Yeah, it sucks. Like, I don't want to do this. People probably listen to this and they're like, oh, look, it's a complaining Jets fan. People, I get comments on social media. Oh, look, it's another Jets fan complaining. You think I want to complain? You think I want to be bad? I'm a Jets fan. Like, like this is my choice. I put my, I spend my money on this. Like, this is something that I love this team. Like I, I rep the team. I love these guys. And it's just so frustrating. You talked about the future. So I want to hit on it real quick and then we'll get out of here. But Aaron Rodgers talked about the future. Also, he went on with Pat McAfee. I know you didn't have a chance to listen to it yet, but the one quote that he said was, and you know, maybe we'll talk more about it next episode. The one quote is he said, stack the odds against me, put all your doubts on me. I I played it in the open. Also, you'll hear that. I think I'm going to, you know, all I need is that little extra doubt. Aaron Rodgers wants to have an historic comeback. He wants to come back as soon as possible. He said, maybe even this year. What does that do for this team also? Do you think that changed anything? Do you think them looking at Rodgers is still, he still is their leader. He's not with them right now, but like, does that give them any kind of motivation or is it like, Hey, out of sight, out of mind? 
I think it's out of sight, out of mind. I mean, he's talking about coming back in this year from an Achilles uh, injury. That's that's too far out. That's too far but, out. I think. But you know, from his you perspective, have to win I get in it. Between that time, yeah, I, I understand. He's he's this guy that you know. He probably said, "Hey, I want to give you guys hope." He's probably just keeping the hope alive for those guys who he's probably had conversation with guys where and for himself, well, come back, come yeah, for himself and guys in the locker room. He's probably had conversations with like, "Hey, man, I'm just trying to keep us hope because if if we can get in, then we're gonna run the table." He's just giving that hope, man. You know, because if if you've been in that situation of like no playoffs in sight, it's the hardest thing you can do is go in that building, go out, put your body through all of that stuff and understand that you almost like playing for nothing. You know, I mean, honestly, you're getting paid, but it's like guys that are winners, guys that are champions, they, they want to play for something. You know, it gets cold in New York. So, you know, for me, it's like, we got to play for something. I think, you know, he's just giving those guys that hope of, hey, I'm coming back. Just keep fighting. Like, it's not over. You get what I mean? And I, and I think yep. he probably had a conversation with maybe a head coach or, you know, a group of guys. And, and, and that's what it is, man. But that's a, that's a long way out, man. You have to win in between time. Or he's going to come back and we're one in 16. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Will he come back if we're not playoff contending? You know, no. there's so many different things you could throw up in the air with that one. Yeah. So I, again, let's, let's just hope let you talked about hope. Let's just hope that there's still something to talk about that. We're not talking about that painting behind you come like two weeks from now, because that that's oh. how, you know, the season's too far gone. So quickly, uh, before we get out of here, the next week or not next week, later this week, Thursday, we're going to preview the Patriots game, a very winnable game for the Jets right now. The Pats are two and a half point favorites, but a very winnable game for the Jets. Um, will we be having a special guest on that episode? I don't know if you've confirmed yet. Will we or won't we? I'm reaching out in this. Uh, I don't want to tell anyone yet. Yeah. So, but, uh, so leave he's going to some energy and he he knows about the Patriots. So. All right. Perfect. Good. Good tease. Perfect. You're, you're learning the media already. Appreciate you, boss. Love doing this with you. And I can't wait to do it on Thursday again. All right. All right, man. I'll see you. See ya. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.